Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com. the line. Hello, hello, you babesicles. Welcome to episode three of Murder Between Friends. I am your host, Sherilyn, and I'm so glad you're here. I know I always say it, but I truly do appreciate all the love you give me, whether it's on the channel or over here on the podcast. You all mean so much to me, which is perfect because so does today's guest. And I know if you don't know her already by the end of the show, you'll love her just as much as I do. I won't keep you waiting any longer. Ladies, gentlemen, my Sippendales, or we gremlins, as our guest would say, welcome Megan True Crime. Hi, babe. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so excited you're here. I know. I'm so excited. I can't wait. I've been so looking forward to it. Me too. We've been talking about this even before. I mean, you knew a podcast was like in the works before a podcast was in the works. So <laughs> I'm really, really excited that that you're here. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, I've been so excited for you. And like you said, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting patiently. <laughs> <laughs> you're the best well I hope to have you like so much more so like even before the, the it's done I'm just like everybody Megan and I are going to one day start a podcast together <laughs> it's just in it's just in the works that's yeah. the goal it's in the world it's in the world it is it's so crazy because like I mean you're one of my absolute favorite people on the planet you know this and it's weird because like we've never met in person but I feel like I've known you forever that is so true. That is so true. I always say that to my partner. I'm like, oh, Sherilyn. And he's like, it's as if you've known her all your life. I know. I feel the same. I'm just like, okay, yeah, I got to go. I'm, I'm getting on the on the podcast with Megs today. Me and Megs. <laughs> so for anybody who doesn't know you, like what, you know, what, what can you tell us about yourself that's, that people don't know and, and give them the same impression and feeling that I have from you? Well, I am Megan. I run a wee true crime podcast over a um, podcast. I'm crazy. One day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't speak today. Um, I, I run um, a YouTube channel over on YouTube, um, Megan True Crime. And I just talk about true crime and supernatural things. And I am Sherilyn's crazy Scottish friend. <laughs> 
I love it. I love the supernatural aspect too, because I think like it all coincides, but like a lot of people, they'll only stick to just the true crime and then they don't combine the two. And then you usually do that on Wednesdays, right? Like if you have a a spooky one. Yeah, uh I love it. I call it Weirdo Wednesdays. And yeah, that's all things. I'm really waiting to do a UFO episode. Um, I love UFOs and stuff like that. So yeah, it's just all your unexplained occurrences. And how do you come up with it? Like, has it always been something that you've had an interest in, like true crime? Yes, uh my family are really obsessed with true crime my little grandmother was the worst for it (laughs) she would watch unsolved mysteries and fbi files back to back and if she was babysitting us we had to just sit and watch that that's what was happening (laughs) so everyone else's grandmothers were like doing wholesome nice things on a Sunday and we were sitting watching brutal murders on television (laughs) that's amazing just baking cookies you guys are like oh no we we've seen this episode like seven times don't mess with my grandchildren she'll take they'll take you out what was her name what is her name her name was, um, she's no longer with us, but her name was Jessie. Jessie? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, Jessie. that's, I love it. So you're just take, channeling your inner grandma Jessie. Now I'm ever going to just always feel that way. You have to yeah. do like an episode on her, I feel. <laughs> I know. Oh, do you know, she had an encounter with a serial killer and I will be doing that in an episode soon. Okay. We are all going to be tuning into that. <laughs> How long have you been on True Crime or on YouTube, babe, for anybody who doesn't know? So only really over a year. I'm a baby, really, when it comes to YouTube. And yeah, it's it's flown in. I can't imagine what I was doing with all my free time before I did YouTube. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, it's full-time job, definitely. Absolutely. And are you, is YouTube now your full-time job yet? Are you close to there or are you doing something else? Yeah, I just recently moved to full-time on YouTube and that's only been for about two weeks. I know, I feel like I've been talking about this with you for so long. Babe, I'm going to cry. I'm so excited for you. You've worked so hard. Uh, So well, so have you, you know, everybody. (laughs) I I feel everyone on YouTube puts in so much effort to create this content and it might only be like a 30 minute video but it's literally like five days of work and then some yeah it's insane I always tell everybody that that I've never worked harder than I have on on YouTube in my life but it I've also never loved what I've done more in my entire life you know and I want people to know that there's those options right like whatever it is just take, take it. And it's not going to happen overnight. You know, like you're working your full-time job that whole time. I know so many times you were so exhausted and pumping out two videos a week. Like I just, I can't imagine. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Yeah. It's definitely been worth it. And it's like you said, I can't imagine my life not doing this. I was working full-time in retail, which I loathed. It just was not my passion. And I did that for years. And I think I just assumed that you didn't have to love what you do. Like no one enjoys their career. 
Right. Isn't that sad? I felt the same. It's just like, okay, this is just what we do. And, and what we want to do is unattainable or who are we to, to be able to do what we would love to do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So So glad we broke the mold. There we go, babe. And so you, did you ever embark on a different niche or was it always true crime when you came onto YouTube? So it's always been true crime on YouTube. Um, I actually started, it was right in the middle of the pandemic, right when that started, I was actually looking to go to university to study mental health nursing within the prison system here in the UK. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go into prisons and be a mental health nurse. And I, I enrolled in everything and then the pandemic hit. And I was like, well, I I could just do this for the time being. And then it just became a thing. And then that was it. It took off. So like, this is what you want to do now. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. I mean, eventually, who knows, you know, when my YouTube days are over. (laughs) (laughs) That is so cool. I never even knew that about you. Like, I, I, I'm such a chicken. I talk about it all the time. I don't even know what I would do. I'd be terrified, but that's amazing. <laughs> and it's something that's so important because like we, I, I know that you talk a lot about mental health as well. And, and so do I. And that's one thing that we talk a lot about in our cases, like how the two need to like coincide a lot better because there's no real good form of rehabilitation and so many of these people need help with you know mental illness and they're not getting it yeah definitely you'll know it yourself when we hear about their childhoods and kind of like the red flags that were ignored for so long so many of these people were incarcerated before for similar crimes and then they're just given absolutely no help put back on the street and we as normal everyday citizens then have to walk amongst these people unaware absolutely yeah there's no reform and then it's terrible because it's through almost no fault of their own I mean obviously everybody has choices but when you're a lot of I did that one case on Andre Thomas who's some he's constantly begging for help telling people that he's not well enough he's not well enough to be let go and it's just like a recipe for disaster even people I feel who don't have any mental health issues who just you know have done bad things ended up in jail not a good situation situation it can change them as well so to like have those tools to like reintegrate back after is so important oh definitely I think that's one thing in the UK especially our conviction rates are ridiculous for sexual assaults and things like that I mean obviously you know they can only do so much um, with what they've got on the street and things like that but 100% is something that I notice more while studying these crimes, as I'm sure everyone who studies true crime has. You do notice that so many people slip through the cracks and it's totally avoidable, which is sad for the victims, but it's also sad for them because had they not had the start in life that maybe some of them had, they could have gone on to do completely different things with their lives. 
100%. And I don't, I mean, I think there's the very few that actually want to be serial killers or kill somebody, you know, that's very few. So, so much in these stories we hear, it does have to do with those upbringings and just like the help that they didn't get. And then you snap, right? Yeah, definitely. It's crazy, isn't it? It's, It's just one of those things though, that I think it will only get better with time and education and things like that and I do think like the last five years have been monumental and yeah. talking about mental health and talking about in previous traumas and trigger warnings I mean when we used to watch certain things on television that were really deep-rooted in abuse or in like really triggering we were never warned that that right. was coming on television so I do think these things are getting better but it's a slow process definitely absolutely I actually love you always do that I something I have to work on which is weird because like I like, have so many traumas like so much triggers me but I in the same sense I always just kind of assume and I shouldn't that when you're watching like an episode it could be like triggering but I do love that about you is like you'll always talk about what you're going to kind of get into before you do yeah I never do you know I actually never used to and then I got a message from someone who said that really triggered me I didn't know it was going to be that kind of a case because I naively believed as well that everyone looking at true crime must be prepared for some sort of traumatic incident in the case but I think I realized it's specific cases trigger certain people And that's when I started doing it. But yeah, I would say probably episodes one through like 30. I I really didn't. I I used to forget. (laughs) It's going to be my new thing. You're going to be my inspiration for it because I do think it's really important, you know? So I I guess this next question, I kind of want to, now I'm like really like loving this, like what your, your, your original career path is going to be, but was there a, a case specifically that made you want to get into that field and like start YouTube? Yeah, I think the case that made me want to get into true crime in general was, it was years ago, it was um, a case called the Casey Woody case. And it was, I've covered it on my channel, but it was one of my first episodes and it was a young girl who was contacted on Yahoo Messenger And it turned out that this 16-year-old boy was no 16-year-old boy. And um, he stalked her. And I just feel like learning more about his childhood and who he was and the kind of red flags that were already there. Um, Police had already been looking at him for certain things that had been found on his computer previously. And I just feel like there was a massive gap that could have been closed just by mental health probably in the prison system and I and I do feel like that is a recurring theme in a lot of the cases I cover I do try not to focus too much on the person who committed the crime I don't I don't try and focus too much on them but I do also think that there's things us as potential victims can learn from these cases because I mean, a lot, 60% of women are murdered by an intimate partner, for example. And if we just learn these red flags of abuse, verbal, emotional, physical, 
before it escalates I think a lot of people think for a long time there as well if someone isn't physically violent they won't ever be physically violent whereas you know I know everyone out there who knows true crime knows that it's just an escalation period and you know that's how they rein you in they are charming they are the perfect gentleman they're not going to you know turn violent straight away because every normal person would just walk away right but if you think that there was someone in there that was worth saving then you'll stay and they know that so I think definitely that's why I wanted to get into that career because it was also for victims counseling as well and stopping that abuse cycle because that's all it is if you were abused as a child you may go on to then abuse others and if you can stop it in its tracks the chances of it happening again are less than what they would have been if you had just been let out of the system and no one's bothering about you really wow and so was that what his what happened with him Was something happened in his childhood and he yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. he was um, abused um, sexually abused and then he forever had an inappropriate relationship in his mind with how children should be treated and no one really noticed he even had a partner she never noticed so it just goes to show as well there's things that possibly she could have seen and maybe dismissed because she wasn't looking out for those red flags right I know those cases always like they just give you the chills when it's somebody who's living such a normal life and you actually, you know, you're that person who could be sitting around the table with your friends like, oh, like my husband, my partner, I like would never, I know that, you know, and then something like that comes out and you're just like, I can't imagine what that feeling would be like. I don't think we ever really like even like go there because we're always talking about like the victims and then touch on uh, like the killer. But then you also have to think about the fact that there's so many other victims that fall under like one case. Yeah, definitely. And that is the thing, isn't it? Look at Dennis Rader. He was BTK and he was keeping up like this happy family face for his wife and his kids which is wild he was going home getting dinner and then going yeah. out at night and no one and when you when you look at him like I don't want to say but he looks adorable he would be one of those yeah. little nuggets that I would see and be like oh you're he's adorable oh Dennis you know <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would be like if I was a part of his church I'd be like oh my gosh like he's precious you never think about that right I know and I always think that the church as well if someone's going to church every Sunday and praying with their family and people said he used to get quite emotional in church um, and obviously if you were there you'd be like oh that man is so close to God like he's <laughs> such a good dude <laughs> like he loves Jesus but really right. he was probably crying because he was thinking I have no right to be in here right which is oh, yeah. nuts it is I mean I I've known people in my like in my personal life who are terrible, who have done terrible, terrible things and will hide behind church, you know? Mm. And I'm just like, Oh, it just, it just gets me like Mm. every time I'm like, yeah, why, why did, why is the church not lighting up right now? Like you have no business being in there, you know, same like him. I mean, he was in the serial killer, but he was just a bad (laughs) person, you know, is there anything that you, you won't cover any cases you won't touch? 
Yeah, there. I've said it a couple of times. People have asked for it. It's the Casey Anthony case, and I mean, without saying it, I think we all know what happened in that case. Yeah, and there wasn't enough evidence, so therefore she's living Davida loca, living our best life. Just so, awful. And she's made so much money off of this now with the books and the press deals. And I just don't want to give her any more coverage. Her, obviously her daughter was a a child, basically a baby. It's not as if getting her name out there is going to give them any resolution. She has been found not guilty. So that's, that's that. Right. But I would. I wouldn't cover it just yeah I don't want to see her name any more than we need to I agree (laughs) you know oh yeah I know that that case was probably the one that I I've been into true crime forever but that emotionally triggered me and I think it was because her and I were the same age Haley Haley and Kaylee were the same age so I would see Oh, it was awful. And I would see her, my, you know, my daughter and Kaylee. And so I got very attached to her. And then, yeah, I, I still remember to this day where I was when they read the verdict and I, I raged. I actually started screaming. I was on the phone with my mom. We couldn't, I couldn't believe it. We could not believe it because I think we were both like just waiting for justice for this little baby. Yeah. And then it, it didn't come in my opinion no I think everyone assumed because she was very villainized in the media you know rightly so but I think everyone assumed that this was a slam dunk case so I think it was even worse when everyone got the verdict I remember I was in a shop with my mom and a woman actually said to my mom oh do you know that woman got off with whatever it was and um my mom just turned around and looked at me and we were just looking at each other like how like how how did this happen and it was it was such a monumental case that even here in the UK everyone was talking about it yeah it's uh, yeah I I actually it it makes me again I always forget like how far you are that we're not like we haven't known each other our whole (laughs) lives but it is like crazy to think (laughs) hello that was that was worldwide I mean for everybody to get that sucked in it's it's just like you said I think we all just assumed it was a slam dunk case I would agree with you with not not wanting to cover that one it's one that I won't touch either I have a hard time touching any with children in general I don't know if you feel the same it um I don't even know what kind of case it would have to be for me to actually do it I mean I did with the West Memphis three but I felt like there was a lot of pieces that needed to be brought out and I didn't really touch too much on what had happened to the boys because at this point we really don't know so I wanted to talk about some of those theories but that even in itself was really, really hard to do. And I do get requests to talk about some children cases and they'll say, you know, people will say like their story deserves to be out there. They deserve to be talked about. And it's like, it just, just rips up my heartstrings because it's true. They do. And their story does deserve to be told. I just know personally, I'm not the one that's able to do it. Yeah. And that's that's for you as well, for your mental health and your well-being. Like, I think 
if and when I have children, my standpoint on that will be really different. Um, even since my sister had children, I've found it increasingly more difficult. Right. Um, because I just I see the victim in them and right. imagine if it was them. So I can't even imagine what you must feel as a mum and looking at your children around the same age as well. And just seeing that innocence just stolen for no reason. I I do commend when mothers do cover these cases because I personally don't know if it's something I will do when that time comes. It's just just too emotional. It's heartbreaking. It really is. I feel the same. And I I just take on too much of that. And I've got my own issues too. And that's just that I deal with behind the scenes, right? So we don't add too much there. It's yeah, I mean, it, it does have to take like a certain case that I'll, I will do, but that would, that would be mine. I want to talk to you about something that you have just brought to light. It was not yesterday, but the couple days ago, something, something happened in your comment section. And it's something that I was so glad you shared I raged <laughs> I was really like I turned into the little guy from what's that called that Pixar inside out the little rage guy oh, yeah, I, I, love- <laughs> I turned into him but it was so important so first I want to I want you to tell everybody what happened and then I kind of want to talk about it and ask you some questions VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. No worries. Uh, well, I got up just a normal day for me and I went for a shower, got out of the shower and I saw I had like on YouTube when a message gets flagged to the creator it comes up in in YouTube studio which you'll know it comes up in your notifications as if you've to approve the message or not so because I allow all comments on mine it came up in my confirm or decline section so I was looking through and there was maybe about like four or five messages that had been blocked by YouTube And then there was one that had made it through the cracks because obviously after so many failed attempts, this person had managed to word a death threat, for lack of a better word, by the language they used. So by using more PG language, such as like using words like murderable as like a verb. Um, Yeah, it was just wild. So it was just a death threat someone saying that um, they don't live near me but if someone did it would be less of a sin to murder me than to leave me out there living because I was so annoying disgusting I just oh it's it's even hard hard for like you to re-say it I just like um another point that you brought up in that we put him on blast which I love you 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 screenshotted him you put his name out there and one thing I I was so happy you did that because I don't know where it started from I don't know where this came from where we all 
kind of just let it roll off of our backs and it's don't give trolls attention, don't do this, move on from it. And and you have so much more support. And while that's true and we don't want to give attention, it's not okay at all. It doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean that Again, another thing that I don't know where it came from. Oh, you're on the internet. You're open to that. Why? Who said, who said that, you know, like, where did that rule come from that? If somebody is on the internet, you're, you're allowed to receive death threats. Someone's allowed to tell you all of these things. I I don't know where that came from. (laughs) Yeah. And I did, I got some messages after that, after I put him on blast, I posted his picture because I actually, I found another account. I think it is his actual real picture as well, because he's a gamer, a streamer, um, which his videos, can I just say, are deeply concerning, like deeply concerning. He plays a game and it's about murdering people and stuff like that, which is fine. I like horror games. I like horror movies. That's totally innocent. But it's the language he uses whilst he's doing it is like so degrading to women. It's, It's just absolutely horrific. Every woman's worst nightmare is what he describes in these games. It's just, yeah, definitely it was a red flag for me. But once I put him on blast, I had a couple of people message me on Instagram saying, well, you put yourself out there and you talk about true crime. So how can you expect not to get that kind of feedback? And I mean, don't get me wrong. There was only maybe one or two of those. But it is that perception that because we are online, we deserve to take a backlash every now and again. No, it's hard. I always try to explain it like it's a career. It's someone's job. I'm entertaining, entertaining, not, you know, like I'm out there creating content for people to view. But it's no different than if I was out there serving somebody and, 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 and bringing their meals to them and giving them an experience that way or a retail fashion, you know what I mean? Dressing somebody again, I'm still providing a service to somebody. And for me to go you know, or for somebody to come into my job like that and speak to me that way, the police would be called. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just awful. And another point that you also made that I thought was really important is a lot of these times when people are that aggressive on there, it's the coming from the men to women. And I 100% agree with that. I I had this one comment that I didn't realize how much it it didn't, I kind of laughed at it because I thought like, whoa, that went out of control really fast. But my family was really affected by it. And Haley, like my oldest daughter, she's, she doesn't talk about like being like worried or anything like that, but I know that it concerns her because she still brings it up and she brings it up in kind of like a joking way because that's how she deals with emotions. She's all, you know, that's, that's her deflect deflection. But he told me when I had announced that I was pregnant, that he hoped that I would miscarry in front of my family and bleed all over my floor and then bleed to death in front of them. Yeah. Yeah. And so I read it and I thought this is insane. Yeah. That is wild wild but I just went oh okay okay well that went that got out of control really fast I just kind of like fluffed it off but again it was a man and all of the men comments that I get are are that aggressive yeah and like what you got 
like I'm gonna kill you yeah that is uh, that's horrific I'm oh my god I didn't even know you got one like that I know you got a really bad one because you'd said guys I got a really horrible comment like and but you never obviously went in to detail but that is just disgraceful like why in what planet would you ever say that to anyone let alone a woman if you're a man why would you ever imagine someone said that to like your sister and you're a guy or your wife that and and also like obviously your kids are getting to an age where they are going to be on the internet and you cannot police every comment that they read so the fact that they know that you have a family who could potentially be reading that and they still continue to write it. And that's the thing, like, I've noticed, like, YouTube does block certain words, certain things. So this person, I guarantee, has wrote about maybe about five, six messages before that one has finally gotten through. So they've had time to sit and process what they're writing, which is the worst part. It is the worst part because at what point are you not like, okay, you know what? That didn't go through Uh, this. There's no point and there's no need for me to say this and calm down from whatever it is that you're, that he's upset about. And what, what was his excuse for it? It was just that he, he thought that you were annoyed. Like, what was it? I know. And yeah, exactly. It's like, I can totally understand if we covered very controversial subjects such as like religion or now stuff that is going to poke the bear then fair enough not fair enough no one deserves that kind of message but then you could maybe think to yourself well maybe I've really offended their culture or something to do with their religion but the fact that we are always on the side of the victim it makes me think are they saying some things in my video about their upbringing about the trigger about the red flags and triggers that they're now showing to other people and it does make you think that the people who are getting so enraged is it because they recognize something in the killer and that's why they don't like it projecting onto absolutely I never even thought about that and that that's that makes it even more terrifying yeah I I guarantee anyone who can leave that kind of a message is not someone who's going to be able to heal themselves just on on their own I think someone who's willing to say something like that they need help like they need someone else to shine that light on them because they're never they're never going to do it for themselves really I don't think oh no absolutely not I mean I think that's always just like the excuse right like the victim like we all have a choice and I used to do the same thing in in my life when Brittany Vaughn had said that you know like hurt people hurt people and I've been there you know when you when you're hurting you can't stand anybody else you know doing well and and you'll pick at certain things that annoy you but it's projection it's it's what you see in yourself so when you get that I can't imagine getting to that point of aggression to put to say that and then like is he a streamer we we don't need to say names but like is this somebody who like people follow them and listen to them so he has three followers so there's that he did have uh quite a few views on his latest video but I think that was because all of my people were then going on and sharing and like screenshotting and stuff right. like that and it was actually someone who said to me um, a follower from ages ago said have you actually watched and listened to his videos and I was like no like I didn't I just reported him blocked him and she sent me the link and it was 
that's when I realized I was like oh he's not just your regular run-of-the-mill like I'm quite glad that he lives nowhere near me kind of guy wow yeah wow babe it's just it's just one of those things I think I am naturally quite tough nothing really phases me and I was the exact same I remember watching you and Brittany saying about like being hurt in the past and then you take it into like and take it out on other people and I think I was definitely like that in high school like I dished it out and I could always take it back but definitely the more as I've gotten older I think I've became a little bit more sensitive because I feel like I'm a nice person like why why don't we mean back <laughs> yeah I agree and and I think also we we have a lot of like other things going on growing up right like we <laughs> there's already like the added issues of like hormones and stuff so if you also have other things bothering you it's hard to kind of like pull those two apart and then when you grow up you can realize those mistakes fix them but one of my hardest things was the guilt right it was just yeah. like I, I you know looking back and being like okay, well, we should have been able to deal with that differently, Sherilyn, you know, (laughs) and learning how to forgive myself. And that's what I've really like worked on the past couple of years is where I'm finally at a point in my life where, you know, I've made my amends. I've, I've forgiven myself. And I think that's the hardest part. Yeah, definitely. I think we all make mistakes growing up for sure. And I think it's not always easy for everyone. I know obviously a lot of people have really rosy childhoods and that's great for them but I do think that if someone's being a little bit mean to you in school you do need to sometimes think right well they're horrible but there's probably a reason they're horrible (laughs) yeah (laughs) most people do grow out of it I know all the boys that used to kind of like bully me in school they've all grown out of that stage hopefully it seems yeah all dads and they've got families so I think I think most people do grow out of it but you do get the odd few like user 1356 who doesn't so oh. <laughs> user 1356 that's so true babe I agree what do you do for yourself to press the reset when something like that happens, bring yourself back and move forward and, and keep you, keep your mental health strong. I think staying away from social media is a massive thing because I've done it before when I've just jumped straight back into replying in the comments to all the positive ones. And then if another negative one comes through, that's me. That's me gone. I'm gone. I'm mental breakdown city and no one can get near me. So I think <laughs> I learned that quite quickly on that. You just need to take time for yourself. And I will usually then work on content so that I'm not feeling the guilt of not working on the channel, but sometimes, and a lot of people will notice that they'll say, Oh, why have you not commented so much on this video? And it's usually because you get one bad one and then you just need to distance yourself for a couple of days. But that's honestly the best thing I can say. If anyone's starting out, you get one bad comment, work on your content behind the scenes and enjoy it. That's why you started in the first place. And then when you're ready, go back into the comments. And because the the people who obviously say the loveliest things, it's not fair on them. You want them to get, you know, the nicest part of you, the smiley, happy replies. So definitely just take your own time, I would say. 
I love that. I needed to hear that for myself because I, I'm like you, I feel like I have the pressure of communicating with people who support me because I love them. I truly, there's, there'll never be enough times that I can say how much I appreciate everybody who supports and, and, and loves me. And so I love to be in those comments. I love to, to reply and interact and let them know. And so I also will be like, uh, okay. See the one comment, try to move forward and then see another. And then it's, it's, I'm the exact same way. It's crazy that you said that because that's exactly how I feel. And then, yeah, it almost gets me even into a different mood, even if I'm trying to reply. Right. So I do need to just step away because I'm almost anxious, like waiting for the next one to show up. Whereas it would just be better. Excuse me if I just like (laughs) popped off came back later, worked on my content, you know, because that, that makes me happy as well. Yeah, definitely. And you can't help it. You're always, you know, you're always going to get one that wants to like ruin the party. (laughs) (laughs) And it's weird too, because you know what, there, I also have days where there can be seven, uh, you know, coming through all at once. And I'm like, you know, I'll laugh at them. I'll let them go. I was clearly in like a really good (laughs) mental health day the day that one guy came for me because it didn't really affect me but I'm like it it really didn't I just kept moving on with my day and it affected everybody else I was like it's fine like this guy crazy like just let it go (laughs) but I never really realized that it was really somebody behind the the like the comment and it's a real person so that's a yeah maybe I shouldn't have let it go so easy but but it's weird that how some days it's just also how I'm feeling or maybe how you're feeling too where you're like okay I can take it and then other days I have to take your advice and be like okay it's not a good day to just take it let's just move on (laughs) I I used to actually reply this is the word word, number one never reply (laughs) I used to always reply with like funny messages I remember one guy messaged me saying something about your microphone so I'd just gotten a new microphone and he was like your microphone's too sensitive are you be being stupid like you're ugly and then like your acne is horrific just like I was like it started off about the microphone but it clearly wasn't about the microphone so I was just like oh, okay so I just messaged back oh sorry I can see that my microphone isn't the only sensitive thing here <laughs> and then next thing I knew I had like all these like fake accounts like messaging underneath <laughs> oh I bothered you I'm sorry (laughs) oh my gosh I I I don't know it's just like those I can't ever try to like I can't put myself in those situations because I don't understand how somebody could be could be that triggered it I just doesn't ever make sense to me and I don't mean to laugh but I don't think it will yeah because you're just not that kind of person no I'm not but I don't know it's just like all I do is laugh because I'm like are is this real life like are we really upset and then you think about what they're doing at home as they're seeing your untriggered reply and they're just getting like even more upset that's funny though keyboard warrior 
<laughs> Kimberly and I just talked about um, uh, something similar and it was, you know, like tips of like what not to do. So yours was like, don't, don't reply back to the hate. And hers was never go on a live stream when you're triggered <laughs> because she oh, had yeah. done it. And I was just like, that's like the, those are two really great pieces of advice. I feel like. <laughs> I'm not brave enough to try the live stream yet. I feel like I need, I need like medication before that. I agree. Therapy for 60 minutes before. Me too. I, I would love to. There's some days where I was like, oh, I'd love to go, go on a little live stream. And then I think about it, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I can't go on a live stream right now. I can't even talk when I have 20,000 edits in my bank, you know? I'm like, oh. Like imagine you saw something come up. It's they see your reaction, so you can't react. It must be so awkward. I start crying. I have to leave now. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done. I love it. Uh, okay, so we we've already talked, you know, about how hard you work and stuff like that. So what do you do whenever you feel like you have time to do something fun, and that's just like Megan outside of Megan True Crime. Uh, I just like I'm a really big family person. I love my family. So my family live in the city. I live in the country. So whenever I get a minute, I will go through for a few nights, see my niece and nephew, see my sister, my mom and my auntie, just a big family full of women. So (laughs) we all just hang out and that's like my happy place. I always feel like if things do get too much, I like to go and visit them as well. So definitely if I get a moment of freedom, I will go and hang out with them, which is quite nice because, you know, your family live far away and stuff. It's quite, it's quite difficult. Sometimes you miss them, but no, I love, I love my family through and through. I love that. So you'll go and visit them. Do you ever do any tours? Like any of the ghost tours? You have the best ones in Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely say if you like ghost tours, obviously we've spoken about it before. Edinburgh is just the city of creepy. It's amazing. And then you've got, um, this one isn't, is this in Scotland? Oh, I'm going to sound really silly because I don't know if it's in Scotland or not. I don't think it is. I think it's in England. So <laughs> I do apologize. I am not good at geography, guys. <laughs> uh, York, York, I think it's England. I feel like it is only because I, I don't know why my, my brain's going to like um, yeah. Sherlock Holmes or something. Yeah, I think, I think well, it's English. Is it? <laughs> and they have a good, like they, they're spooky too? Yeah, so they've got a really haunted history and they're really cool for that as well. And then my sister has been to Bath and they have all the old Grecian haunted baths as well so I've heard that's really pretty as well Bath so definitely I would say Edinburgh is amazing Um, I love Edinburgh it's beautiful anyway but if you're Mm -hmm. into all that Edinburgh you've been to the vaults in Edinburgh which is all underground and spooky but definitely I would recommend anywhere in Edinburgh Bath or York they're always I love it okay we have to uh we have to plan our tour like I want to I that's what I want to do I want to do a tour with you and I think that would be the next the next you know big thing now that everything is opening up again maybe like a megan and sherilyn edinburgh like ghost tour yes or we could film it because 
they allow you to stay overnight in the Edinburgh vaults and do a ghost tour. Okay, you get to stay overnight. Mm-hmm. You can stay overnight and they have a paranormal investigator there. Ah, okay, that's done. So everybody, <laughs> the next time you see Megan and I, do would you like it to be in the vaults in Edinburgh? I, there's a part of me that says like, yes, we really do want that. And then a part where I'm like, okay, I don't know if I could actually spend the night. I think we'll definitely need the men just for protection. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brent's going to hear this and be like, I'm not volunteered. He's like, he's going to be so scared. I love He'll it. He'll be the same. He'll be like, no, no. <laughs> I love it. Okay, babe. Well, that is the next plan then. I am so thankful that you came on here today and we got to learn more about how wonderful you are. You guys, if you are not If you are not subscribed, if you are not watching Megan True Crime, you need to go and do it. You will absolutely love her. Megan, I hope you come back. I love you to pieces. I know. I love you so much. Honestly, can I just say you've been a massive like support to me beginning my channel. You reached out and you were always so helpful, so friendly. And yeah, it's just rare in this world. So thank you so, so much. I really do mean that. And yeah, it's nice to have a friend from over the sea, over the water. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait to connect in person with you. It's just, that was what drew me to you was just that I felt like I already knew you. I'm like, I saw so much of myself in you and I'm like, oh, we, we are reaching out to her and I scoop her into the, into the club here over here. She's my bestie. Yeah. So I'm so glad you came, babe. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. We'll see you soon. Thank you again so much, Megan, for being here. I love you, girl. I will leave the link to her channel in the description for you guys below. And thank you all for tuning in. I love you all too. I am just having the best time on this new venture. And the fact that you're loving it makes me so happy. Please don't forget to rate and review the show. It really makes all the difference in the world to me and lets me keep on doing what I like doing. And I'm so thankful for you guys. I will catch you in the next episode. Make sure to love each other, love yourself, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.